pray for one another. All right, Proverbs chapter 11. Let's look at one verse, verse 30, one that we've looked at over the years, but we'll just take a different view at it this evening. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30. The Word of God says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this important verse. Help us to not just know what it says, but to understand it and the meaning behind it, and then to absorb it and apply it into our lives and help us as we seek wisdom uh, to add this vital element to our lives in the, the search for souls. Give me the words to say for this moment and help us all uh, to have more compassion and concern uh, for the souls of men. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Every committed Christian seeks to be wise, yet there's a, an important, a vital element that well-intentioned believers are missing when it comes to wisdom, and that is this idea of winning souls. The Bible says here that he that winneth souls is wise. The Bible makes this eternal declaration, regardless of what you personally think about soul winning, God says the people that Choose to strive after the souls of men. Those that seek to win souls are wise. We cannot be wise without striving to win souls. As I was meditating on this verse, the Lord asked me a few questions, and I'll ask you the same questions. Are you a consistent soul winner? Do you intend to witness to the lost at every opportunity? Are you in the habit of warning the lost about their fiery fate without the Savior? See, a soul winner is someone who's about the business of winning souls. We are seeking the souls of men. And in the Bible study tonight, I just want to learn the wisdom of winning souls so we can add this vital ingredient to our personal lives. Now, what is wisdom? There's a lot of different definitions for wisdom. We understand Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines wisdom as the right use of knowledge or the right exercise of knowledge. Wisdom is not about what you know, it's about what you do, right? Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding are three of the big concepts found in the book of Proverbs. Knowledge is knowing the facts Wisdom is using the facts or exercising the facts, exercising the knowledge appropriately, and understanding is the why, the, the why it matters and seeing behind the scenes. And I can tell the time, right now it is, what time is it? 7.38, according to this watch, which is two minutes fast, 7.36. It's 7.36. That's knowledge. Uh, I know what time it is. Wisdom is, it's 7.36. I want to be in church on Wednesday night. Right? That's wisdom. I'm using the knowledge properly. And then understanding is seeing deeper. You can tell what time the watch is, but understanding understands how the watch works underneath. Understanding can put together the pieces of why being in church is important and how being in church will affect our lives. And so knowledge, wisdom, and understanding are 
big, the three of the big concepts in Scripture. And wisdom is not about knowing the facts. It's about using the facts for the glory of God, using the facts the way God would use them. One man defined wisdom as skillful living. You're living. Do you know how to live? <laughs> do you know how to live skillfully? Do you know how to live according to the word of God? Wisdom is seeing the world through God's eyes and doing what God would do. Think about that. Wisdom is seeing the world through God's eyes and doing what God would do. So we all want to be wise. The book of Proverbs also teaches us the three categories of people in the world. They are the simple, the wise, and the foolish. Everybody in this room fits into one of those categories. The simple man does not know what is right or wrong, uh, and he has not committed to be wise or foolish. These would be like children. They're learning what right and wrong is, but they haven't really chosen a path for their life yet, and they're not really settled on what right and wrong is. The idea is like a blank piece of paper. They're a blank piece of paper that has yet to be written on, and there are simple. Children are simple. The Bible uses the concept of teenagers, young people, young adults as simple. Uh, teenagers and young adults like to believe they have life all figured out, but I'm sorry to say you don't. I'm still getting life figured out, and I'm 40-some years old. I don't remember how old I am. I think I'm 45. I always forget. My wife has to tell me how old I am. 76. You do the math. I don't. I was born in 76. But I think I'm 45 years old, and uh, I'm still trying to figure life out, right? So how can we say, hey, I'm 15, I'm 16, I'm 17, I'm 18, I'm 19. Man, I got it all figured out. Uh, Brother Howes used to say, I got more wisdom in the end of my pinky there than you've got in your whole head. And you know what? The older I get, the more I realize he's right, <laughs> you know? Whenever you get older, older people have forgotten more about life than younger people may ever know. And so we, we have to understand that there is this person, there are these people called the simple. And then there are the wise. Now, a wise man is committed to obeying God. Think about that. That's what makes them wise. They decide, I'm going to obey God. What God says is right is right. What God says is wrong is wrong. I'm going to obey God. A wise man listens to instruction. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about that. You say, how do I know my wise? Have you committed to obeying God? Are you willing to receive instruction and take it and apply it? A wise man is willing to receive correction, not just to listen to instruction, but willing to be told when they're wrong and make it right and not get welled up with pride but to make the necessary adjustments. These are just three elements of the wise. So we have the simple, they don't know what's right or wrong, and or they haven't decided which direction to go. We have the wise, committed to obeying God, listens to instruction, receives correction. Oh, but then we have the foolish. Now the foolish man doesn't care what God says. He doesn't care what God wants. The fool does what he wants. He has decided to be his own master. The fool rejects instruction and correction. Nobody's going to tell him what to do. And the fool rebels against the Almighty. 
I don't care what God says. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what the preacher says. I'm going to do it my way. So whenever you understand what these three are, it's very easy to see that the world, everybody in the world fits in one of these three categories. You are either simple, you are wise, or you are a fool. And God determines who's who. Now, every committed Christian wants to be in the wise category. Amen? We want to be wise. We want to obey the Lord. We want to receive instruction. We want to submit to correction. But God says in, in our attempts to become wise, there's one vital element that must not be overlooked. And that is if you want to be wise, you've got to seek the souls of men. You've got to strive to be a soul winner. Now, God commands us to make the wisdom the priority of our lives. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, since we're right here in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Many of you have this memorized. If you don't, underline it, memorize it. It's an easy verse to put in your heart, but one that will keep you on track. Sometimes we, we lose track. Man, what, what's the most important thing in your life today? Man, the most important thing in my life is to make money. The most important thing in my life is to be famous. The most important thing in my life is my career. The most important thing in my life is my family. The most important thing in my life, what is it? Well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. You notice knowledge isn't mentioned here. Now, it's important to gain knowledge. You ought to, be, you ought to have knowledge. You ought to know the facts. But folks, there's a lot of people that are ever learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Right? Professing themselves to be wise, they've become fools because they know a lot of facts, but they are fools because they reject the God of heaven. And so God says wisdom's the principal thing. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom every day. The first prayer request that comes out of my lips is, Lord, I need wisdom. Why? It's the principal thing. You know, if I'm wise, I'll make more money and I'll do better things with my money. If I'm wise, I'll be a better husband. If I'm wise, I'll be a better father. If you're wise, you'll be a better wife. You'll be a better mother. You'll be a better Christian. Wisdom changes everything. Remember Solomon? God came to Solomon and said, I'll give you whatever you want. And God said later, he said, man, you could have asked for fame. You could have asked for fortune. You could have asked for the lives of your enemies. But, but Solomon prayed for a wise and understanding heart. And God was so impressed with that. He said, I'm going to give you all the things you didn't ask for because you asked for the most important thing, right? And so we have to make sure that wisdom is the principal thing. If we're going to do anything in our lives, we must pursue wisdom. Wait a minute. If I want to be wise, I need to care about the souls of lost men. That's what God said. He that winneth souls is wise. All right, so tonight I just want to give us three quick thoughts about this verse. He that winneth souls is wise in our pursuit of wisdom. Let me say number one, winning souls is wise. Winning souls is wise. Now the Bible says he that winneth souls is wise, but I want to go back a step further and, and just remind us that it's the winning of souls that is wise. Now, the person who wins him is, of course, wise because he's exercising wisdom. But it's just a wise thing to win souls. What does it mean to win souls? 
we're going after sinners, seeking and saving the lost, striving to teach them the gospel. Now, before you can be a soul winner, you have to be a soul warner, right? And the truth is a soul winner does a whole lot more warning than he does winning because we've got to be willing to plant, we've got to be willing to water, and it's God that gives the increase. But uh, are, are, we, are we warning souls? If we warn enough souls, then we'll be able to win some souls. But winning souls itself is wise. You know, the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 7, verse 35, but wisdom is justified of all her children. What's he saying? Christ was teaching them that wisdom is not about words. It's about actions. And wisdom's justified by our children. What are children? The, the products of our love. And so Jesus was saying, listen, you're talking a good talk, but wisdom's justified by our actions. And there's a lot of people and a, and a lot of well-meaning Christians that we, we talk the right way, we say the right things, but do our actions bear out the wisdom of our lives? One thing we learn about wisdom, too, is just because I used to be wise doesn't mean I'll always be wise. You know, the Bible warns us, be careful that we don't lose wisdom. You know, there are a lot of people, they were wise 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, even a year ago, but today they're not wise. Why? Because of their actions. And there's a lot of people that were fools 10, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 1 year ago, who are wise today because of their actions. And so it's our, our actions. Wisdom is justified by the actions we take and by the byproducts of our wisdom uh, and so wise people do wise things. There's nothing more wise in the world than striving to win sinners to Jesus. Why is that? It's wise to obey Christ's great commission. Do you think that's wise? The winning souls is wise. Why? Because it's a wise thing to obey Christ's great commissions. We can say a lot about that. It's a wise to adopt the heartbeat of Christ to seek and to save that which is lost. Don't you think that would be a wise thing to do? I want to be like Jesus. The most important thing to him is going to become important to me. It's wise to spend your time, talent, and treasure in pursuit of eternal souls. You think that's a wise thing? It's wise to learn to work with all kinds of people in an effort to win souls. You know, if you're going to be a soul winner, you've got to learn to work with all kinds of people. You've got to be willing to, to talk to all kinds of people. And 1 Corinthians 9.22 speaks about that. It's wise to choose the work that brings God's blessings. You know God blesses soul winners? He just does. Psalm 106.3, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. God always blesses the righteous. Is there anything more righteous or more noble than going after the souls of men for whom Christ died. All right, next, it's wise to accomplish the work that brings earthly happiness and eternal joy. Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. So anytime we exercise wisdom, it's going to bring happiness to our lives. But man, I'll tell you, there's no earthly, there's no earthly happiness like watching someone be born again. And the Bible says we're also going to have eternal joy because those people we win to Christ will be forever in heaven. And the Apostle Paul called his, called his converts my joy and my crown. It is wise to win souls. Why? It's wise to lay up treasures in heaven. 
Boy, it'd be, a, it'd be a terrible thing to die rich in the things of this world and to go to heaven and be poor in the eyes of God. So whenever we're going after souls, we're laying up treasures in heaven. Mrs. Sherman's who we're supposed to pray for. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. My brain doesn't always work on time. It works. It's just not always on time. Uh, Mrs. Sherman was having a hard time on, on Sunday, and we need to remember to pray for her diligently, uh, not just... Uh, flippantly but diligently be praying for her all right number eight it's wise to prove your faith by taking the message of faith to the world you know one of the best ways to prove that we have faith is by telling other people about the faith that matters faith in jesus christ so that's wise without faith it's impossible to please him number nine it's wise to control your tongue using it for the glory of god how many of God's people don't use their tongues properly? <laughs> yeah, that's right. All of us. <clears throat> we were teaching our kids recently, you know, James chapter 3. It's set on fire from hell. I mean, this tongue is a, is a terrible thing. But one way that you can be wise is to fill your tongue with the gospel, telling it to others. Proverbs 15, 2 says, The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. <clears throat> Number 10, just in these quick thoughts, it's wise to tell the world of the sacrifice of Christ lest they die with no knowledge of the price that was paid for their soul. One of the saddest things that will ever happen in this world is there's people who will die and go into eternity and they didn't even know their price for their sin was paid. Mark eight thirty six: for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So we said that winning souls is wise it is a wise thing to do next number two the bible says soul winners are wise the he that winneth souls is wise so the the verse here particularly says he that winneth souls is wise so we went back a step further winning souls is wise if that action itself is wisdom but soul winners are wise enough to win souls And the present tense of the verb here indicates that the soul winner has wisdom. How do we know the soul winner is wise? Because he's exercising wisdom to win souls. He's going after souls. Remember, wisdom is not about knowledge. It's about what you do with the knowledge. Churches all over America are filled with people that know what the Bible says, but don't do it. Homes of backsliders in America, there are so many people in America that have been born again, but have backslidden, and they're away from God tonight. What if every truly born again child of God in America tonight would stand up and say, I'm going to be wise. I am committed to obeying God, receiving instruction, receiving correction. I want to bring glory to God. You think that would change our nation? Absolutely. But see, it's not enough to know. How many of us have knocked on doors soul winning, and you're talking to someone who can quote you the Bible, and they're not even saved? They know the gospel, but they're not even wise enough to be born again. It's wisdom. It is the action that makes us wise. And a soul winner is wise enough to win souls. And because he's about the business of God, he's proving that he has wisdom. You know, it's interesting. The wisdom of this world looks down upon soul winners. 
The Bible says there's two kinds of wisdom. There's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. We won't take time to look at the book of James and see the characteristics of each. But there's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. You know, those who are wise in an earthly sense, they look down upon soul winners. The wisdom of this world mocks soul winning efforts, scorns soul winners as fanatics. Anybody here ever been called a fanatic? It's a badge of honor. Wear it proudly. A fanatic is just someone that loves Jesus more than you. So the world looks down upon soul winners. But what does God say? The Bible teaches that spiritual wisdom is superior to worldly wisdom in every way. And the world looks at soul winners and says they're foolish. God looks at soul winners and says they're wise. Who's right? God's right. Let's look at some verses here in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You know the portion of Scripture where it talks about the preaching of, of the gospel. Well, preaching is not just behind a pulpit. When we go out telling people about Jesus, it is a form of preaching. Look up 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching or the foretelling of the cross is to them that perish, what? Now, perish, same idea in John chapter 3, verse 16. These are people who are going to hell. Right? So, the wise people who are going to hell, man, think that preaching the cross is foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now look at verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Now this isn't, this isn't heavenly wisdom, this is earthly wisdom. So God's going to destroy earthly wisdom with what the world calls foolishness. Look at verse 20 again. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Verse 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Verse 22, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block. And under the Greeks, foolishness, but under them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Isn't that awesome? The world looks at preaching of the cross and says, that's stupid. That's foolish. Lost people look at what I'm doing right now and they say, that's ridiculous. The, The wise people of this world, the people with all the degrees and all the prestige and all the fame, they look at soul winners and and dedicated Christians and say, that's ridiculous, that's foolish. But God looks at it and says, that's wisdom. And I'm going to destroy the wisdom of this world with the very thing they call foolishness. Look at verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Isn't that good? Look at verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren... How that not many wise men after the flesh, 
Not many mighty, not many noble are called. What does that mean? See, some of you are looking and saying, look, I don't, I don't have much to give Jesus. I'm not that smart. I'm not that talented. I don't have a lot of gifts. I don't have a lot I can do. You're the exact person Jesus uses. We're the people Jesus uses. He's not looking for the best and brightest because the best and brightest are often too proud to be used. He's looking for those who are willing. And if you're willing, God can enable you. So this ought to be an encouragement to each one of us. Look what he says in verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen Yea, and the things which are not to bring to not things that are. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. See, God likes to use people in such a way that when it's all said and done, the watchers have to stand back and say, God did that. That wasn't them. That wasn't their wisdom. That wasn't their ability. That's God. And so all of us... if you're not serving God because you feel unqualified, then you don't understand the Scriptures because all you have to do is surrender to God and yield and be available, and God will use you and He'll empower you and He'll equip you. He loves to do that. Look, verse 30, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's Christ in us that equips us and empowers us. Verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Isn't that good? So winning souls is wise. And people that win souls, soul winners, are wise enough to win souls. They're wise because they're about the business of the wise. The world might look at them and say, they're ridiculous. God looks at them and says, you're wise. We have to decide, are we going to be wise in the sight of God or in the sight of men? It's far better to be wise in the, in the eyes of God. Then let me say lastly, and I love this point. Number three, wise soul winners are rewarded with more wisdom. So wisdom is the principal thing. The best way to get wisdom is to choose to be wise. Because when you choose to be wise in even small ways... God rewards your wise choices with more wisdom. Proverbs 9.9 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. So God's got a lot of rewards in place for those that choose to be wise. But one of his greatest and first rewards is more wisdom. Look at Daniel chapter 2. This is a verse you may not know. I want you to to look at it and mark it, write it down. It's got a little phrase in it that is so powerful. I think about it often. Daniel chapter 2. And look at verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and seasons, he removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the who? 
unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. So if you want to be wise, the first step is doing what you know to do. If you're not doing what you already know to do, why would God bless you with more wisdom? Because we're choosing foolishness instead of wisdom. Every time we choose to be wise, God will give wisdom to those that are wise. And one way we can consistently choose to be wise is to go after the souls of men. I want to be a soul winner. I want to go after the souls of men. I want to be soul conscious. Uh, Paul and I were driving today, and um, we stopped at a place to eat. And right next door, uh, the table next to us, there were um, was five guys, burgers and fries. Amen? Can I get an amen right there? And uh, 15,000 calories in every hamburger. Man, but it was so good. They give you more fries than you could possibly eat, but I take it as a challenge. And uh, we're, we're standing there, or sitting there, eating, and just waiting. We ate it real quick, so we get back on the road. And uh, the, the table next to us, four people came in, and uh, you could, we could just tell, couldn't help but overhear, they were college students coming back from college somewhere. And there were uh, four different people, looked like from three, three different ethnic groups. You could tell their, their um, uh, talking was different. They had the uh, accents from different parts of the world. One boy came in, and, and he was not only wearing a jacket, but he had a backpack on the front with a dog head sticking out. I'm not kidding. It was uh, a real dog. And uh, the dog sat there. I mean, it's the best-paved dog I've seen in a long time. Sit there in the seat next to him. Didn't say a word. But I could tell just as we were finishing up eating, they were college students and, and heading back from, from college. And so I wanted to, to stop and give them a track. And didn't have time to witness to him, but just gave him a track as we were on our way, asked him to read it. And that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be someone who is in tune with the needs of people around us. I'll probably never see those people again in this life. And there have been times in my life where I would be self-conscious or I would just be unthinking and walk away. But it takes just a moment to hand someone a piece of paper and ask them to read it. That piece of paper has a life-changing message of the gospel. We have a, a soul winning blitz this Saturday. It takes 168 hours in the week, and we're all busy. But to say, I'm going to take two hours, and I'm going to go tell some people about Jesus on purpose. And God says, I'll bless that wisdom. And I'll give you more wisdom. And think about this. When we choose to become wise, God blesses us with wisdom. That means the wisdom God gives us will change the way we see the world. So now we'll see the world more through God's eyes like God sees it. The wisdom God gives us helps us understand the Bible better. How would you like to read the Bible and not just have it be like, I have no idea what that means? but to have the Holy Spirit say, oh, here's what this means, and here's about that, and oh, this connects with this, and that connects with that, man, the Bible comes alive to you. And I think one of the most practical things is when God gives us wisdom, we have God's insight in every area of life. All of us have decisions to make. What am I supposed to do here, and what about this bill, and what about that purchase, and what about this decision here, and what about this with the kids, and what about this with our future, and 
When God gives you wisdom, it brings clarity to all the other decisions in life. How many of us could use more of that? Wisdom's the principal thing, but it's impossible to be wise unless somewhere in our pursuit of wisdom, we have to say, I want to be a soul winner. I want to tell people about Jesus. Because that's wise. And when I do it, that makes me wise. And when I choose to be wise, God gives me more wisdom. It's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the truth. Help us to be after the souls of men. And I pray that you would give us wisdom to act on what we know and to be wise. Then, Lord, as we are wise, you promise to give us more wisdom, which we all need. So help us to join that wonderful cycle of more.